evening, everyone, and welcome. We are Random Encounter Productions. I'm Cody Stone. With me tonight, we have... Matthew! And I'm playing Clever Stitch, the Tabaxi Arcane Archer. Are you? Uh, Caitlin, I'm yeah, playing no. Fable Frost, the Ice Genasi Phoenix Cell Sorcerer. Oh, that that's uh, I'm, I'm, I'm usually first. I'm not I'm here anymore. I know it's weird. <laughs> I swear uh, I go here. I'm uh, I'm Cole, and I'm playing Olorun Dawn Seeker. Wow, the ASMR uh, Hexblade Warlock Paladin. Hi, I'm Eric, and I'm playing Sirak, your Horizon Walker, Eric Cocker Ranger. Howdy, y'all. I'm Maz. I'll be playing Talroth Oakenblade, the five foot eight, very slender build, Wood Elf <laughs> Scout. Just trying to add words since everyone had a lot to say. <laughs> there you go. Well, we should describe our characters more, but um, yeah. So welcome, 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 everyone. Thank you for being here with us. Uh, this is Disasters in Danger. This is our D&D 5e high fantasy uh, game in which we uh, we hang out and we chuck dice and, and go on adventures together. So um, if you guys are unfamiliar, this is our longest running campaign. We are actually in, this is season two of it. We started uh, back in February. So things had to kind of shift and change, but I believe all those videos are up on YouTube, right? Are we? They are, yes. Yeah, we've been caught up. That's nice. Um, so they don't all have episode names, but they're all there. Like they're, they're there. all there and ready to like. They're there, man. Right. I made sure. Like I got rid of the anxiety of like I need to make sure they have proper names and cover art before I. No, they're just there. They just up. Like they're in. They're they're there. <laughs> so awesome. Well, welcome. If you are new to the channel, if you are old to the channel, we are super happy to have you around. Um, so yeah, this is our um, our high fantasy uh, classic D&D game. So we're going to get into the action, but before we do, does anybody on the team have anything they would like to promote or mention or talk about? Yes, Matthew. So I was recently in a show. Um, it is a... Uh, pre-recorded, so it can it's gonna be on a YouTube premiere. Nice. Um, and it will be online for a week, and you can once you you have to buy a ticket, but it's ten bucks, and then you get a YouTube link to the hidden uh, thingy. It'll be up for a week. You can watch it as many times as you want. It's super fun. It is eighteen plus technically because it's um. It's burlesque. Yeah, because it's opera and singing meets burlesque which is a really um yeah i it was something that i had never done before so i don't do a lot of burlesquing even in the show but like but, i feel like opera oh, burlesque is a thing that's like thing waiting to happen like i feel like it's, time period wise yes, like that is weirdly yes, appropriate it's, it's and it's a good it's a good it's a good mishmash so um if you want to uh see the show it's called nightwear on elm street because it is a Friday the 13th horror, uh, like villain themed thing. And uh, if you head over to the Opera del Sol um, Facebook page, there will be a bunch of links there. Or if you're friends with me on Facebook, there will be a bunch of links there. Or if you're on our Discord, I will post more links there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Awesome. Come see Opera Burlesque. 
Awesome, awesome. Anybody else got something? Uh, I just had my release of my prequel novella, which is one of the reasons why I've been gone, um, is I was trying to make this book deadline. And then subsequently, I was trying to make a audiobook deadline for a separate project. That is going to be launching later this month, and the novella is already up. So, yeah. I can post links, I guess. <laughs> Very cool. Uh, what else? Sorry. Keep looking for some things. Anybody else got something? Eric. Yeah. Yes. I got dogs. Uh, they're pretty. Uh, no. Uh, folks, if you um, are a music teacher or you know a music teacher, then you got to get yourselves over to the fantastic YouTube page of my fiance. It's called Ready Go Music, where she makes wonderful teaching aids, rhythm play alongs for your music teaching classrooms. It's been going gangbusters over here. Huge. Um, and actually, she started picking up uh, like traffic in Australia. Uh, I want to say uh, Singapore. Like People have started using these videos all over the world world and you should too uh also if you just find yourself to be a musical person and you want to work on your rhythm they're also a real good way to do that if you're having troubles with quarter notes and eighth notes so go ahead to ready go music give it a look see and uh have a wonderful time mars i think you had something going on no i was just being an idiot oh it's like I got nothing. Oh, all right. Well, um, check out Critical Kez uh, on uh, her social medias. Uh, she does a bunch of things. Not sure if she's um, full on commissions, but if not, uh, check it out because she does a lot of really wonderful art. And that's what I got. Anybody else? Last calls? Yeah, let's get into it. Okay. Here we go. Our adventure takes place in the lands of Lickdracht. They are lands of myth and legend, lands with few or no active gods. Our heroes are members of the Magnus Exploratorium. They are adventurers that are part of an expedition that they have stepped away from on a personal journey at the moment. Um, their ultimate goal of their expedition is to make it to the Forge, a uh, long-lost site where ancient arms of the Fated were said to have been uh, created. In pursuit of one of those arms, they have traveled to the city of, I had it ready, uh, Vlorensravet, the second city of the Blood Gulch River. And from there, they have been collecting information and rumors about Velxer's Teeth, an outcropping of small mountains a few days away from Vlorensravet. Uh, and <clears throat> they have discovered Velxer's teeth are um, controlled, domained. Uh, they are, it is the domain of a mad beholder, Velxer, who dreams of having a beholder family and or hive, as they are as they are known. Um, family love. No. They dreamt no. for beholders. No. Um, no. No. They, I can't go on that mission. I'll make friends with it. They have spoken with a few um, experts that have uh, experts, uh, people of knowledge of Belkser. 
Um, one of them was the Lord Klein, I believe. Correct? Yes. Got it. Make sure. I get my names wrong all the time, so I have to check in. That is uh, that is a rule if you play D&D with me. You have to remember the names, because I won't. Uh, <laughs> um, the young Lord Klein, whose family of adventurers had run the last expedition to Velxer's Teeth about seven years ago, uh, in which his family was was captured and um, and he was able to escape. Uh, so it it was it's a tale of woe to be sure. Um, and the other person that they made contact with is a known cutthroat and assassin, uh, Affle, the awful, awful Affle, um, who struck a uh, a a menacing figure of of shadow and and gloom. Um, and admitted to Olaron on their conversation that he knew so much about Velxer's domain because he has worked for the Beholder in the past, um, bringing people to to their doom, essentially. And so he is he's, he knew of Dawnbringer, the blade that Olaron seeks. Told him it would probably be in uh, an armory of some sort and agreed to guide the team in if uh, they would fulfill some requirements uh, for him. One, being all the gems in Velxer's hoard, easier to obtain than what it sounds like because Velxer has a, a statue of himself that he is bedazzling, for, for lack of any better term. So, one piece, and a black iron key, uh, which is said to rest behind the eye of Velxer himself. Uh, what exactly that means, we're not sure. But Thank you. I was like, are we, are we, are we just cyclopsing this guy, or maybe it's symbolic? Don't know. Great. Cool. I'm so glad this is what I chose to come back, y'all. <laughs> Never mind. I think I have to. I hear my book calling me. I have to Roll. leave. Your book says you're going to stay here. and have an adventure. You get back here. <laughs> so, you guys are in the hole, uh, as the sign would say, old, but it has been graffitied off. Um, <clears throat> so, you're in Gaffin's hole. And you are, you've spent the evening doing some preparations and morning is, has come. It's a pretty busy morning in the tavern, um, but it is not terrible. There are some chairs, there are some seats. Who among you guys is first up and up and around? Fable. And, she and actually hasn't slept yet. Okay. Like, well, she's a she is a night owl. Um, because circuses perform at night. Mm-hmm. Um, so she is probably just like slept during the day while everyone was. If she's not on an adventure, she has no reason to keep to the camp sleeping hours. So she's just kind of hanging out, learning some new tricks for her new level. Okay. <laughs> Yesterday was the nap day. So. Yes. Yeah. She slept for like eighteen hours straight, and then she's fine. <laughs> well, today, today, clever stitches up because yesterday was sunbathing. 
Yes. <laughs> You're a cat. Why are you sunbathing? Specifically for the reason cat? you just stated. Answer question asked and answered. I'm so, I I realized after I said it. <laughs> sun tanning. He said no. sunbathing, yeah. and I, that was on me. Like I should have. Yeah. <laughs> it is what it is. So uh, you two are up. You are downstairs in the tavern of Gaffin's Hole. All right. It, so what would happen if I just poked your stomach a little? No? No. Okay. Um, so I wanted to tell you, um, I actually learned something really cool while you all were out finding out this fun stuff. Um, do you want to know what it is? Why not? Um, so I learned, so have you ever wanted to like, to like be like a bigger kind of cat or like not a cat at all, but like a fish or like, or like a bird to hang out with Serac or like, I don't know, a dragon. <laughs> Ears. Yeah. Pupils? Huge. Um... So I think I may have learned um, how to do that to somebody. To make them do something bigger that they're not. It, don't, it took a lot out of me to try to learn it. Um, I haven't gotten to practice much, and it, it would take a lot to try it now, um, so I don't really want to try it flippantly. But um, if the opportunity presented itself, um, would you mind Exciting. if I... Yeah? Absolutely do, do you have like, a, you have like a preference in mind of what you'd like to be? Um, I mean, a dragon would be fun. Yeah. Um, something big. Something big. Okay. Um. Oh. Oh, oh good. <laughs> well. Okay. So. Um. I will. Uh. I will take that into account, and I'm gonna start making some notes. And she like pulls out those little like. The, you see her flip past the page. It says number of times Stitch has died. Four. Uh, almost died of four. Um, and she starts drawing little stick figure anatomy of like cat two question mark and like figuring out in her head like mathematically how it would work. Like she has to understand the like mental component of some of these things if they're more complicated. So she's sort of like trying to figure it out. She's like it's a very wizardly sort of strategy for a sorcerer uh, to be like, I'm going to figure out why it works this way and I'm going to try to stretch his bones safely. <laughs> like, oh God. Because you don't try a trick when you haven't practiced it. Like, that's not... And if she doesn't have time to practice it, she better have a chart. Uh, so she's making herself a chart. <laughs> How does oh I do that? How do I do this? Um, so that's... She'll just sit there with Stitch and be like, wings? No wings. Horns? No horns. These? The hooves? No? Like... <laughs> Good, amazing, big claws, fire breathing, big lizard. Sorak's <laughs> uh, gonna make his way down. Okay, down, down comes the bird, Sorak. Uh, do you guys want to describe what you look like? It has been a moment. Yes. Sorak, why don't we start with you? Since you're, All right. you're making your way down. All right, uh, plopping himself down the stairs, kind of a little hop on each side, um, is a short Arakakra. He's about 4'8". He is um, 
he has uh, his head is uh, has yellow feathers. He has that little cockatiel flippy bit, but it's down right now. He has big uh, orange reddish uh, patches on his cheeks, and the rest of his feathers are a muted gray. Um, you see him walking down in what is a um, just a, a studded leather adventurer's armor. Um, he has a cloak, and beneath the cloak, you assume, are his wings that you cannot quite see. He kind of keeps them hidden under the cloak. They're there, but you don't really know they're there. Um, he wears a, sort of a, uh, like pants that are cut off right around the, uh, right below where the knee point would be, so you kind of see his claws, uh, his talons as he jumps on down and hops on down. And, uh, yeah, uh, strung across his back is a, a new, brand new uh, longbow of a beautiful, vicious design. Fable jumps up at once to go be excited about that. You got a new toy! Like, she's just... Caitlin has missed all of you, and so Fable has done that, too, apparently. <laughs> um, and he'll pull it right off his back and be like... Oh, yeah, no, it's, it is fantastic. You see these guys? It's got these little two teeth on this side. They come up. It's great. And, oh. And it's people with the teeth. No. Teeth. no. <laughs> so, apparently, what it does is if I get, like, a really good shot, which, let's be honest, most of mine are, but if I get a really good shot, it does a little bit more. I love it. Do you want me to go? Do you want me to go next? Since I was, since I ran up to him. Sure. Yeah. Please. Yeah. It's um a small, small pale bluish white um gena- ice genasi skin. She sort of uh is a little frosty wherever she goes. Um, pale blue, almost white skin, but you can see around her hands and running up about to her elbows. Um darker like scars and uh, they're, they're just deeper veins of blue that are um if you've seen her cast they're usually scarred kind of melting and rehardening but she ca- keeps continuing to cast fire magic um she has short spiky pixie cut uh white hair um big blue big shiny blue eyes um is dressed in like a like a skin tight uh like bodysuit uh, style that's all all silver and, and blue and shiny, a little skirt with snowflakes all over it. Has little snowflakes in her hair. Um, tiny little tip on the ears, not really a full elfin, but like a suggestion that there's some some lineage in there that's, I mean, she's obviously not human. Um, and it's just, she is just glitter and snowflakes everywhere she goes. Um, it's just all, oh, and she has the um, accent feather spawn um, that I, we picked up from some little mini feather cape and belt and headpiece um so that's her she's excited to be here she's all blue and silver and christmas oh yeah clever stitch is a he's a cat um he's uh <laughs> five eight and he's a tabaxi so um humanoid humanoid ish cat person he specifically is a snow leopard so it's grays with the spots the big floofy tail um and then he is in dark gray and black and dark 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 brown um for his studded leather um and across his back he also has a bow just a regular one 
and then his um, quiver actually has a divider in it with two two types of arrows. So and they look distinctly different on the tip where the feathers are. Um, and yeah, I mean he's basic. He's just a snow leopard cat person. So. <laughs> Your breakfast is served. It comes um, it comes around. It is a, a hearty adventure, or uh, definitely a traveler's breakfast. This is one of those places that just sort of cooks things in bulk um, for for breakfast meals. They they take orders at night, but breakfast is not. I wouldn't say a buffet. I don't think you have room for a buffet, but it, it, they've got what they've got, and if you want it, you'll eat it, and if you don't, that's fine. So, um, so eggs and meats and, and uh, potatoes and, and you know a scrap of scrap of bread. Um, the plates are are full. The meal is flavorful, uh, perhaps a bit overcooked or, or left warm for too long, but not offensive in any way. What else so, we- how uh, how much did you guys hear about uh? <clears throat> About what's going on with uh, Olorun, uh with uh, Olorun's sword Dawnbringer? I mean, I heard a bit of it, um, but I could always use the more colorful rendition of the story, but it's sort of bland. Yeah, um, not a lot, um, but I'll roll with the punches and um, see what happens. All right, so here's how it's going. Here's the here here's here's the best bits. We know where it is. It's in one of two places, and they're both on top of those mountains that we thought they were in. So we're at least partway right about it, so that's good. I'm leading with the good news. Because of course you are. The bad news, it's guarded by a beholder named Felkser, with the E, with the L before the X, Felkser. And he is, uh, he's not, not a good guy. Not at all. Monsters aren't. Um, mm-hmm. but, uh, I mean, we've dealt with monstrosities before. Um, I, I don't know why this one's going to be any different. I mean, besides the whole beholder and ice stock thing. Yeah. We're strong and we're smart and we're clever. Does he know we're coming? No! See, that's the good thing. That is where I'm thinking. I mean, they're creatures of dreams and strangeness anyway. If there's sorts of things that we could maybe sneak up on him um, a little bit, or draw him out uh, of his his lair. So that's what we were kind of thinking, is uh, having uh, Saride kind of go in and distract him, and then myself through mystical magical means and Talroth through sneaky as shit hanging with a elven cloak of kind um his sneaky stuff and we kind of sneak in and you know maybe get that sword without anybody noticing and then in my personal uh next portion of the plan we uh run very quickly um so is it is it just going to be Saride talking and then just the two of you sneaking? Or... That sounds like a really bad plan. 
I like mean, for sure, right, right. but for restaurants, it kind of works out. But no, um, I believe uh, that, uh, so I, I think definitely Thousand said, uh, what was his words? I will not let you go alone. Uh, he said something like that. Um, and so I think he's going to go with her. And I think Olorun said he might go with her. But I don't right. know if the sword's going to let us... Like, if Dawnbringer's going to let us touch Dawnbringer. That, that's, that's the confusion. That's the going to be the issue, I think. Because what if we're going to the wrong place and Olorun's the only one who can get it? I because mean, if it's calling to him, we're going to have to be able to access it. Um, and if it doesn't like anyone else, that's a problem. I would assume that unless the owner of this magical sword came to this beholder and then died and it dropped right where they were and was never picked up again, that would be the only case in which somebody couldn't pick it up. Well, we do know the beholder has picked it up. Uh, Velxer, um, he has, uh, apparently, sometimes he puts it on a wall in his main room, but then other times it starts getting too bright and he throws it down a well. That seems like a horrible way to treat a mystical weapon. It also seems very short-sighted. You gotta go pick it up from the well. Like, it's... <laughs> it's uh, well, since since this um, beholder can pick it up, probably yourself or Talroth can pick it up, I would assume. Um, I mean, yeah. Just gonna be getting us to let go of it afterwards. Yeah, probably. Um, do you want a third on that? Expedition, or I mean, it probably wouldn't hurt. Alright, because I can also sneak, sort of. And now might be a time for that that polymorph thing we were talking about, and I can turn into a mouse, just right in your puppet. This is true. My only concern is letting people go in there without backup, because we've seen what happens when we get um sort of stuck on our own. She looks pointedly at Stitch. I don't know what you're talking about. Farms remembers the Biomancer. <laughs> <laughs> Fable disapproves. There's a reason that Stitch has been on expeditions. He's been recovering. Is he, is he grounded? <laughs> no, absolutely not. Um, I mean, we'll, we'll see what everybody else wants to do. Yeah. Um... Where are those sleepyheads? Hmm. I can go get to? them up. Like, I'll go wake them. I'll go jump on someone. <laughs> Tara? Tara? What are you up to? Oh. Uh, let's see. Uh, yeah, I'll probably be waking up right about now. I would have spent most of the night just kind of thinking about possible ways the plan could fail, possible ways it can succeed. Just overall kind of bouncing ideas off of Treasure and Olorun. But yeah, at least in the morning, just wake up, hairs unbraided all over the place. Just once the armor's on, kick on the billowing effect, kind of throw the hair straight up, catch it, and then just start braiding it back down. Okay. Um, well, at least describing the appearance, since we've all been doing that so far. Uh, very elven-looking studded leather that we had gotten from... I'm not even going to try to pronounce his whole name, uh, Tower of La Rachen, because the guy's a jerk. (laughs) 
along with the very useful Cloak of Elven Kind that I actually do sleep in, so good luck getting it off me, Sorok. <laughs> but, yeah, just about 5'7", five, 5'8", five, a slender, very tan-skinned wood elf, long auburn hair that now being braided back uh, for the rest of the outfit. It's a very Mad Mardigan look where the sleeves look like they can come off for like a quick change or just kind of change up the look to quickly disguise myself. And yeah, before I start heading downstairs, I'll just take my double-bladed scimitar and just kind of strap it to my back, start making my way down because I smell coffee. Absolutely. Slightly burnt and uh, and, a, and a deep roast, but it is wafting its way throughout the room. You see your friend sitting there at the table, uh, a few extra chairs and, and meals um, placed around. Yeah, I'm just going to get myself a cup of coffee first, just this delicious lifeblood of a drink, and then just pile on some food on a plate. If it looks edible, sure, let's do it. Yeah. Yeah, it's not bad. I feel like even edible is questionable sometimes with him. If it looks like it won't actively poison me. Probably not. Is oh, do I need to go jump on Olarun? I will I will ice him awake. Uh, I think he's awake. Uh, might want to give him a few minutes. That armor takes a bit to get into. I believe it. Fair enough. That's why I don't deal with this stuff. Just this is fine. She sits there while they're waiting. She's like, she turns to Sorak. She's like, so I heard he was asking you about bird mating rituals. Yeah, it was, uh, it was, uh, I mean, look, I'll be honest. Uh, wait, he told you about that? He may have been able to overhear. Okay, like, that's understandable. The ritual's kind of loud. Um, but you know, it's for... It's real fun that, you know, someone was, you know, interested in, you know, the rituals of my people. I mean, I haven't, I haven't seen a lot of conqueror, uh, conqueror around here as we've been going around. Sorok, did you need us to find your girlfriend? I can look. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> you need to find your boyfriend. I can look. No, it's, it's, that's, that's, not, that's not where I was going with the thing. Not just it. It's just, you know, it's just sort of a shared culture thing. And so, you know, you just haven't seen a lot around here. And, you know, so, you know, I, I do my best to blend in. I know sometimes you guys forget that I'm Eric Cochran. I understand that. Uh, you know, not everyone sees race. But it was one of those things where, you know, it was it was good to be able to share a little bit of, uh, you know, of my people. Well. But no. also he asked for my feathers. So, you know, that was fun. That's a bit odd, but it's fine. Um, all right. I'm wondering if he found an Eric Hawker that he likes. And That's so what he it was. That I is absolutely what it seems like. See, but I haven't seen anybody, so I have to really get down to him. I'm just going to take a deep swig of my coffee. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, sometimes he has wings. I feel like it should work. I feel like he could make it work. I mean, look, I uh, from a completely aesthetic point, they are some beautiful wings. Just fantastic, and the light that shines when they come out—like it's—it's um, cinematographic. It's cinematographic. It's really good. That was beautiful. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Trying to make up words that shouldn't have existed. 
I'll continue to make it uncomfortable until Olorun comes downstairs. Like, I'm just gonna continue making it fucking awkward. Uh, so Olorun's probably actually been up since like 5 a.m. Um, one of the first things that I, I did when I woke up was I immediately, um, tried to see if I could commune with Dawnbringer in any way. Okay. Um, just to, uh, let her know that we plan on trying to find her. Mm-hmm. That I believe that I've trying to communicate that I believe that I've found her. Believe that I will be able to reach her. Um, but I will also let, let, let her know that it may not be me who is able to carry you first. Um, so I would be trying to kind of communicate with Dom and try and find, try and get any type of information on like where exactly she is within the next like few days. Mm-hmm. Um, so I can figure out where I can, I can find her. And then after that, um, I would probably enter a pretty intense uh like prayer vigil okay at least until let's see what it's like so that would probably be like the first like probably from maybe like 6 a.m to like Mm 9 just kind of meditating um and just praying that um, my friends will be safe. Praying that we are able to find what I've been looking for for so long without anyone getting hurt. Um, that I will be able to fulfill what seems to have been my destiny for so long. Um, and finally, uh, I would pray to Zothis, um, and I would say, there's an odd bit of irony that one such as me should pray to a god such as yourself. So often I I feel like fate has been a shackle, a burden, a price that must be paid. Sometimes I wonder if it has been some cruel trick that you've decided to to place on me that all of these things should happen to myself. I'm just one person. But if you did this, 
this was your design. If this was meant to make me stronger, if this was meant to make a difference in this world, then I understand that that's what I have to do. So I ask, the hand of fate, Zothis, please protect me and my friends. And if this is done, you shall find yourself with a new champion. And then at, probably at like 9 a.m., I'll get up and well, actually probably closer to, closer to 10, honestly. I'll probably I'll get up um, and head down the stairs like right before I leave my room, I'll just kind of like lean my head against the, the door, uh, close my eyes, and just take as deep a breath as I can and kind of school my face into a sense of into a sense of confidence that he doesn't necessarily feel. And I will exit and descend to meet my friends. Okay. Olorun comes down. Finally, you're awake! Uh, he goes, and, uh, I'm... <laughs> Oh, uh, I'm sorry to have kept you waiting. Uh, we need each other anyway, it's fine. <laughs> oh, good. It's just kind of a, it was kind of a rough night. So um, um, I apologize. Thank you for, for waiting. I just hope that you're able to eat something, because I don't know if there's any food left. Is there any food left? Pickings are slim, but there's still something. I'll 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 take I'll take what probably little I can eat at this point in time. Mm -hmm. There's probably a big ball of anxiety and I'm trying to like make myself eat. Sure. Yeah. He looks so stressed. Fable kinda wants to hug him. Um but like in in lieu of that, she follows him to the buffet ish area or the wherever he's grabbing the food. And she ice press the digitates a um, mini sword that looks like what she imagines Dawn Seeker would look like, Dawnbringer would look like. She hands it to him. She says, "For luck." He kind of like takes it and he goes, "You know, this isn't that far off." You've heard um, a lot of stories about weapons that have importance, and he may not have heard as many about yours, but you know, I I think there's something about these kinds of legends that leaks into other tales. That sword, the hilt is from a tale about a great knight who slayed a dragon, and the blade is about a... is actually a sword that was made from the tears of a weeping princess in an old legend. It's interesting to me that stories have a way of filtering through, but I think you deserve the luck, and I hope it comes smoothly. Kind of 
hold it in his hand, say, thank you. I appreciate it. Also, I hid some extra muffins behind the flower pot over there, just in case you were hungry. And she Ready? goes back to the table. I'm like, flower pot? She's so weird. But I hid them <laughs> in case. You're welcome. Um, yeah, then I'll just eat my, my food. Um, and as I return to the... I'll get my food and I'll, I'll return to the table. So... Um, do you, are you guys aware of the general idea of how today is supposed to go? General idea? Uh, Sorok filled us in on some of the details. Um, but, uh, we'll see what happens. So, I've had some time to think about it. Um... And I still believe that a two-pronged approach may be our best bet in terms of avoiding catastrophe. Because I don't, I, I'm confident in my own skills, but not to the point of hubris. Um, All right. Um, do you have any preference on who those, wh- where you want Fable and I, since we weren't in previous? conversations i i do i feel as if uh yourself and miss frost here are well suited to the infiltration team that will be led into uh, they will be led into the the area by Affel. he knows how to get in and get out and i feel like you're i feel like the four of you, along with, uh, are, are uniquely suited to this task. I, myself, Thosen, Treasure, and uh, Mr. Ride will most likely be on the distraction team. Because if worse comes to worst, the three of us can take a better hit than just about everyone else. I can I how long do we have until how far away is is this before we have to split up groups um yeah DM do do you know okay uh (laughs) you you have a you have a meeting scheduled with Apple um he would have that that information um, you probably, so looking at the map, you have two travel options to get to Velxer's Teeth. You can travel across the bridge and buy land. It's about six days to get to the base of the mountains. Um, and then probably three days in the mountains to get to, um, the entrance to Velxer's Domain. The other option is to take, um, the, take a boat down the Blood Gulch River. Um, It is four days by boat, um, making it to the lake, and then one day uh, into the domain. About five, maybe six days. So boat's a little bit faster, but... Boat is about half as much time. Okay. Yeah. Um, 
there there appears to be two options uh, available to us um, and I shall speak with Affle as to which one should be most beneficial for our determined plan how do you spell that dude's name A-F-F-E-L thank you Affle the Awful thank you yeah Speaking of which, there is a um, one of the people that's coming by clearing the plates um, when he lifts up uh, the plate sitting in front of you, Olarun, there is a um, small folded piece of uh, parchment that uh, that seemed to have been sitting underneath it or was dropped there recently. I will pick it up and read it. Fucking rogues. <laughs> what can you do? <laughs> Um, so, the... I know these goddamn rogues. <laughs> there is a, uh... There is a... A few arrows, uh, for, for like, directions. And, um, then there is the name of a, uh, another location. Um... Arentum Antiques. Well, honestly, this guy's pretty cool. I'm jealous. <laughs> I wish I could be as half as cool as him. Um, I mean, because he definitely just dropped a note uh, whilst we were eating, and I have no idea if he was even here or if he had someone else do it. My, do you, my guess is that it was the waiter whenever he picked up your plate. That sounds about right. About right. I'm gonna go look. So really, just get some friends that can do that for you. That's the whole. That's a, that's actually the secret of rogues. They don't actually do anything on their own. They just it's misdirection. It's all misdirection. You have friends with you. You sleep in a room with three people. Don't tell me I'm wrong, Talroth. <laughs> it's a group effort. I'm not saying you're not skilled, I'm saying if someone's looking right at you, it's harder to pick a pocket. If they're looking at your friend, it's a lot easier. I'm not wrong. I'm gonna run away so, now. <laughs> so yeah, Talrod's gonna just kind of look at that and just ignore that tirade as he's looking around the bar just to see if he sees awful around. Okay. Yeah. Make a uh, make a perception check. That is a twenty-four. Okay. Um. You do not see Apple. Uh, he is he is not in the room. Um, you don't see much trace of him, either. Um, make me a. Intelligence-based sleight of hand check. Uh, your gloves don't don't um, apply the bonus to them, but your proficiency does. I'm doing basically a specialized form of investigation. Then sleight of hand, you said. Yeah. 
That would be a 21. 21. Um, so Clever Stitch is, is uh, right that is one way. The the waiter could have dropped it. Um, the kid that was bussing the tables. Seems lithe enough. Um, you know, he has gloves on. So easy enough to make a drop. The other thing is the paper is very thin. Um, so a adhesive that would release um, as the plate cooled down would would be the, the second easiest way. Um, that somebody from the kitchen could have um, brought it over. Because, again, it's it's not a buffet. All the plates are coming out of the kitchen. They just all have the same stuff on them. So. Those are the two most um, likely roguish sleight-of-hand ways. Non, non-magical ways. So. Still impressive. Yeah, I want some of that adhesive in real life. That's real cool. That's smart. What are you guys up to? So yeah, I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna finish up eating. Uh, I've got a couple errands to run. I'll see you guys in a little bit, and I'll just head out the door. Okay. I'll uh, I'll let them know that like where the the um. The, what was it? Something's antiques. Arentum antiques. Thank you, Matthew. Well, uh, well, I believe we have a location to meet Mr. Awful. Is there a time on that note? Or no? Is there a time? Uh, no. You would you would seem to believe as soon as possible. Well. All right. I, uh, I guess we'll head over. Sure. Okay, and I'll try and follow the directions and and head out. Okay. Make a survival check. Hey, I actually have proficiency with this. Let's do this. But it's not going to help. 11. 11. You get there. It takes you... You you make a wrong turn or two, but you, you... um, but not for far, right? You turn down the road, and then you're like, "Wait, no, that's okay." I turn, and you go, you turn around and go back. And it's never like obvious ones. It's it's places that have like like a like a roundabout, or like there's two left turns, and it doesn't. You're not quite sure which left turn to to take, right? And it splits like that, and you're like, "Ah, uh, so." Um, but but you guys are um, make your way outside Arentum Antiques. Um, it is a small corner shop. Uh, it is off the main drag, so it is I wouldn't say new to the city. It's in one of those districts that is um, probably like third generation, fourth generation. Um, so it's still an established place. It's been here for a for a long time. But it is not a place that is um, not a place that is ancient by by any any real standard. Um, as you guys are making your way in, uh, there's some large double doors. 
sort of uh, glass uppers that you can see that are um, the frosted over or sort of have that reflective bit. You can kind of see inside. It is an antique shop, a small curio. Uh, there is a wraparound uh, display case uh, all along the back and the side walls and in the center of the room there is a large uh, table and uh, posted around it are some things on display, um, some teapots, some um, pieces of art, some small antique blades. None of them seem terribly functional as far as the weapons go, um, mostly more historic um, or things that have been begun to um, decay, right? Weapons and things of, of a time of when um, bone or, or light iron or brass and, and things like that um, are there. On the central display table, there is rolled up uh, a series of tubes um, that seem to be holding large maps or, um, or things of that nature. Uh, the bell, the ringing of the bell, uh, brings out the shopkeeper, who um, looks at you all. He is a slightly older uh, gentleman who has his hair uh, slicked to one side. Um, you can tell he probably doesn't see a lot of the sun, but other than that, he is healthy. Um, and as he, he notices you all, he, he sort of looks around and, Ah, I believe you might be Olaroon. Uh, yes, sir. Perfect. Um, these have been set out for you. I believe your associate should be joining you shortly. So, if you have any questions, please let... And as he, as he is speaking, the bell to the door rings um, once more and in walks a um, a mother mother pushing sort of this Priya Pram um, baby thing she's very well dressed she has a, a, a exquisite uh, taste and most of it is sort of lace and as is the, the little baby carriage that she is pushing around an odd mechanical um, contraption for for you guys. Not something you would have you would have seen. Most babies are carried in like slings and things like that. Um, and a papoose. And a papoose, exactly. And any of you that have a, a perception check of like fourteen or higher, passive perception, um, you would. Uh, so you, Sirach, do notice that the um, Tauroth's not there. Oh, that's right. Then yes. What do um, I unless, notice? Unless you, Tauroth, did you sneakily follow them? That Okay, that was your intention. Okay. That sounds good. All right. Um, so you can make a perception check for me outside, if you would like. That is a 26. 26. Okay. Um, okay. 
you see this these people as well. Um, and and Tauroth, you would also notice as well as Sirak that the pram seems to have like a a silence enchantment on it um, because the baby is is crying. Um, and it, and but you guys don't hear it. Um, I'll just kind of whisper to myself, "Oh, that is damn useful." That's one way to ferberize, I guess. It's like I'm gonna let you cry yourself out wherever we are. I'm just gonna. Um, as the woman comes in with with the baby, you guys are are paying attention to this. Um, the gentleman who who was there, ah. Oh, I'm so sorry, Madam Ayat. There's been a um, private arrangement made. Yes, I understand that, but you told me you would have my piece in today. And as you can see, the little one simply cannot wait another day. These painful teethings are mm, difficult on all of us. Of course, ma'am. Um, I believe I do have your piece. A moment. And has he... she stepped away from the pram as she's talking to him? No. No, she hasn't. Okay. She is, she is standing next to it. and um, Can I try to, to, like, sneak up and look in at the child? You can, yeah. Um, she, she notices you, uh, unless you're really trying to be stealthy. I mean, it's up to you. I mean, yeah, let's go stealth. Okay, yeah, make a, make a, um, make a stealth check. Uh, okay, it's not the best. Uh, 8 plus 7 for 15. Yeah, she's, she doesn't really notice you uh, creeping over to the, to the baby carriage. Um, what would you like to do, Sirach? Um, uh, can I make silly faces at the baby? Uh, yeah, go ahead and make a performance check. Uh, 13. 13. Um, yeah, fourteen minus one. Yeah, uh, it's it seems good enough to catch his attention. Um, the the baby kind of smiles, but you notice that when it moves its mouth, it hurts, and so it it starts crying again, and it's this this terrible cycle. Um, the man from behind the bar, uh, behind the display, grabs a. Uh, it sort of looks like a cinnamon stick. To you guys, um, but it, it's got some like magical enchantments and, and etchings on it. And he he hands one over to her, and there's like a small uh, silk cloth that that has wrapped up a few of them. And here you are, ma'am. This should numb the pain um, for at least a day, at least a day by stick. Thank you. All right. Well, have fun with your party. And he. And she'll she'll make her way out. Um, once more, the door opens. The bell rings, and as she is leaving, Dalroth, you see her exit, um, and as she has left the room, um, out rolling Dalroth's perception checks, um, Athel uh, is just sort of standing in the corner. As the door comes, uh, comes sliding shut, um, and he'll just sort of step over and and uh, slide the the door locker on it. Um, 
There. That should give us at least a few moments of peace. Olaroon? Who are your friends? I'll introduce Stitch, Fable, Sorak. Tauroth is probably around here somewhere. On a natural one, Athel did not see Tauroth across the street. So, spy versus spy just can't see each other. Can't <laughs> see each other anywhere. There, it's that image. They're both behind the same phone phone pole, looking out at different directions, yeah. going, "Where is they? Where did they go?" Um. All right. Let's get started, shall we? He Let's... makes his way over to the to the table, begins rolling out what are some very you can tell antique kind of parchments, very pale, thin. Um, look like maybe rice paper, sort of like they're designed to have light cast through them or, or be layered in a, in a variety of ways. And he begins to show you the layout of Velxer's teeth. They are very small mountains um, that Velxer is said to have dreamed into existence. Um, you'll see here, and he points to the lakeside. This is the primary entrance. And he'll go on to explain that along that Velxer's, the entrance to Velxer's domain on the lakeside is extremely easy to find. It is almost reflective in the lake's water. And just in the bit that sits nestled in the crook of the two closest mountains. It is and has been for generations, more of a, um, a taunt to all who would uh, look to enter it. This is the one that everyone knows about. This is the one that he relies on his servants for traps, for these things to be maintained. It's dangerous, but this is what would have his attention most. He watches these closely. Now here, along the back, and he'll layer on another, um, another overlay, and you can see him sort of switching through these, um, these plans, these designs, so to speak. And he says, Now, some of these here. These are what Velxer uses as escape hatches. Escape pods. Escape tunnels. Pods. Pods. Escape tunnels. It's a spaceship. Is it? Yes, it is a spaceship. We are. I knew it. Yeah, <laughs> we're doing beyond the mountain. The, <laughs> there is a famous D and D like module, one of the early ones, printed by TSR and Gaiax, that you do go in. It, like you go to a mountain, it's a spaceship. 
And like, uh, I mean, that's that's literally the entire point of the Lost Laboratory of Qualish. Yeah. In the Infernal Rebuild, in like the Infernal Machine Rebuild, they're all spaceships. Yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, they're not. Yeah. It, it, so so you could like get a laser pistol or a laser sword. Like it's oh, very early on. D and D was like, yeah, Star Wars is cool. Let's put one of those ships right here. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Um. He points out there. It, in and along the mountains, up high, there are um, these three are open ports that Velxer, uh, since he can fly, he can use to, those are his like emergency escape um, mm -hmm. tricks. He doesn't, he always leaves them open so he can always have a way to escape. They have maybe a trap or two, like something. It is far more minimal because along the backside of the mountain are the sharp rocks and jagged shoals. Shoals are on the sea. It applies here. That give Velxer's mountains their name. And... There's sort of a, not a topographical layout, but a very much like a, a portrait of the mountains. And along the back base of the mountains, you can see instead of like pine trees that grow and crop up out along the outside are just these jagged rocks that look like black obsidian or quartz or any number of other extremely sharp um, rough, rocky terrain. Um, these I know are accurate. At least these are. He points to the newer ones, which are the not the topographical, but the landscapes. Um, myself, myself and a friend did these a few months ago. <clears throat> Topography doesn't change. Quite that fast, even around Velxers. Now, once inside, he has some servants, mostly trapped people, slaves, or they've been brainwashed by his magic. But they will defend him. He lays out a series of rooms from this central place. You can get pretty much anywhere, except for the main entrance. Main entrance is laden with traps, walls, little hidey holes for soldiers, drop downs, trap people inside. Most of them have been broken or surpassed. They're not actually intended to stop anyone or keep them here. Truth is, they're intended to be easy. To give you a false sense of security. For people to believe what lies beyond as well. He continues to describe what's there beyond this one. You can get, ooh, 
Made you guess small. Didn't mean to. Apologies. No, you just meant to make us feel small emotionally with the uh, panic uh, of this. Yeah. So you oh, know. I was on this one. We're just now planning. I'm we're just planning the heist of the century, guys. Oh my god, we need to do it as if that's it. The next two games are a modified version of Honey Heist. Oh, no, go. I was going to say one last job, but Honey Heist works too. One last job. Yes. Oh, job so we never work together ever again in that sound. It's Olaroon's 8. Ah. <laughs> you make it past the main entrance, there's the warren where he keeps his soldiers. Last I checked, Couple of pop goblins, trolls, maybe a giant. They're all sworn allegiance. Beyond that room is another combat arena built with traps. Beyond that, the central chamber that I told you about before. The central chamber, if you can fly, can get you almost anywhere. And we could sneak into the central chamber. We'd have to scale to the bit to the highest point second highest point in the mountain. And from the central chamber, there are three offshoots. Excuse me, four. One to his prison. One to his armory. One to his treasury. And last, to his personal sanctum. Sanctum connects to the treasury via its own portal. So, that's the layout. Okay. I'll, uh, I'll point at the map. I'll be like, our primary target is most likely this armory. Secondary is unfortunately most likely the sanctum in case we can't find what we need. Now this hole that he drops it down from the sanctum. Below the sanctum is the armory. Below the armory is the prison. Below the prison is a deep crevasse that leads to a... When he's mad, he'll toss it all the way down into the water. He shows you the there's a little nook um, that seems to be like a shaft that flows the whole way down. Not big enough for Velxer to fit through. Something small might be able to get down there. But wings would be useless. You have to be able to float or fly. Very contained, tight area. A person could jump down, but probably scratch themselves up pretty good, making the fall. way to get to the bottom of that pit without having to go down it? Not that I'm aware of. The underground lakes are difficult to navigate. They are filled with rocks, miles long. No room for air. If you could breathe water, you're still facing a salmon's fight of swimming upstream. So, nobody I know of could do it. 
So, when it comes to the infiltration, you say our best bet is to descend from one of the from the second highest peak, correct? That'll get you directly into the central chamber. Okay. His gallery. You could climb so, to the top of the mountain and descend directly into the sanctum, but he may be in there. And beyond that, it's a tough climb. What's the uh, what's the best route to the armory, in your opinion? Minimal confrontation. He's, he thinks hard about it. Central chamber is a good choice. It's larger than the sanctum, has more exits than the sanctum. Going directly into his inner sanctum can still get you to the armory, but I don't like a place with only one or two ways in and out. I like having options. If it was me, I actually wouldn't take either of them. I'd follow this one. And he points to the hatch that leads to the um, the treasure, treasury. It's odd what the holders think is treasure, but this is where he keeps what he finds valuable. I've looked at that entrance a number of times. It's heavily trapped, but I think it'd be a good distraction to keep him out of his sanctum. Now, I know you all had your own distraction planned. You could come in through the front. And if you're as persuasive as you believe you are, probably talk your way directly to Velxen. He likes to talk how I got out of there a lot. I mean, Sarad likes to talk too. And what if we did know somebody who could breathe in the water? They, like I said, they'd have to be able to swim upstream for miles. So, um, I have one final question, if I may. Please ask all the questions you want. I'm here to answer them. You said you entered this agreement with Velxer in terms of she work for him. Yeah, I've done so, jobs for him. Does he, would you say he takes a interest in capable individuals? Yeah, absolutely. Most of life so, for him is a game. If you can entertain him, all the better. Most of the time, that just means dying for him. But doesn't always have to. Sometimes. <clears throat> if you're a real bastard, it just means letting other people die for him. Those that <clears throat> the squad of heavies, myself, those and 
uh, treasure with Mr. Ride as backup. Attempt to enter under the guise of offering our services to him. That way his eye is fixed on us and the infiltration team can reach the armory while he's busy. And um, what happens when he says, sure, join the club? And you say, oh, never mind, actually, I'm sorry, that was a lie. See ya. Yeah, how far, are you willing, how far are you willing to take your initiation? If he presses you into his employee right there or decides that you're not worth his time, that distraction could go a lot faster and worse very quickly. I'm not saying don't do it. I'm saying let's get a backup plan in place. Well, I also turn to Affle and I'll be like, Affle, how did you avoid immediately being pressed into his service to the point that you could at least escape? I went in there with an expedition <clears throat> a couple of years back. We'd heard the rumors of Slotic this city, Klein, number of others. Books are less lost a lot of uh, entertainment when he ruined the Klein family. He didn't understand it. My team came in. We worked around through the teeth and the back. It took us days. Shreds your armor. Anything less than steel. Cut up. No. It's a difficult climb, but it's doable. We made our way in. We were moving around pretty smoothly. And Velxer was... creepy. His gallery he set up as a hole of mirrors. He keeps trying to dream of himself, I guess. Not quite sure. Anyway, we thought we were safe because he was asleep. A bunch of little Vilksers started running around. So, we started making bargains, deals. When the big man woke up, the little ones were popped off, disappeared. He was irritated, but Tap had a new plaything. I convinced him that. I convinced him I knew some sleep specialists. Might be able to help him with his dreaming problem. That I led the team there. I could lead others. Keep, keep adventurers coming by to entertain him. Bring him things. Make for good sport. And so I do, from time to time. About twice a year. 
I'm honest with them. Same way I've been honest with you. Some of them die. Sometimes they go out and find monsters, trolls. Now we got his trolls. He liked them. Trolls he can play with and um, <clears throat> have a harder time breaking. They uh, stitch themselves back together eventually. So, after that, he really liked Did your expedition that you are with make it out with you, or were you the only one who survived that particular exchange? I was the only one allowed to leave. And Other therein people... lies my issue with you all going in to ingratiate yourselves into a service, is that I figure he will say, Sure, stay for a while. Oh, you want to leave? Oh, no. No, no, no. And like, eyeballs. That's my concern as well, because if if the whole plan is to be able to distract him and then get in, chances are pretty solid we're still going to have to come rescue the distractors at the end of all this. Which is why I think that Olarun should be the one going to get the sword itself and not part of distraction party. Because if he needs to be the one to wield it, and someone has to come in and fight us free, we should give, make sure that it's the guy who has the sword he knows how to use, coming in to save the day at the end. Yeah, but have you heard him try and walk somewhere? <laughs> it's that I'm completely That's aware of my... really, really valid, <laughs> but... I just, it was just a concern. If, if we think that inevitably the two groups will have to come together to escape the Beholder, then it stands to reason that should group not Olarun be able to pick up the sword at least, whilst we meet, we can do a track baton handoff as we're running and say, here you go. Take your sword, draw it. I was more I was more thinking I was more thinking if depending on how far apart the groups are, if they were if he was able to attune to it once <laughs> picking it up and take the hour and then come and actually be able to use it during a fight. Because just as a sword, he might as well just use any sword. If he was able to go take the time and attune to it and if so the rest <laughs> of them are willing to be held for an extra hour and just fuck it around, um, it might be worth it to exactly. let him actually have the time to actually make the sword do what it's supposed to do. Um, that was my thought. That was my only thought process there. Like, I get that we can pick it up, but we're not supposed to be the ones who are bonding with it. That was it. Afl, have you ever heard of anybody going in there as a group and making it out as a group? Yeah. But not in recent years. Plenty of adventurers <clears throat> before the Kleins would brave Velxer's teeth for a while. Killing Velxer was 
was sort of like a rite of passage for adventurers down the Blood Gulch River. Something happened. Killing Belxer was just something you did. You'd wake up, he'd come back. Other people would go and do it. But something changed about a decade ago, 12 years ago. That's when we started hearing rumors about folks are having a family, or at least one of them. Prestiging himself! Can I... Can I do some sort of check to see how a beholder would come back? Sure. That's not standard beholder. No. No. It is. It is not standard beholdering. Um, you can do. I'll take Arcana or History. Arcana. Can I help with that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Can he roll with advantage instead of me rolling my own? Mm Mm-hmm. Cool. So I rolled a seventeen on both. Hmm. So either one is 17. Okay. Uh, 21 for Arcana. Okay. So, beholders themselves don't... Um, don't have any sort of undeath ability to them. Um, maybe if he was old enough to be like a death tyrant, but specifically sure. what you guys have... What you know about Velxer is Beholder, not not Death Tyrant. Okay. Um, one of the things you know is that most of the time, if if there's a Beholder hive, it's a Beholder dreaming of itself and creating essentially like copies of itself. So, the most likely thing is that there were other copies of Elkser, and one would die, the other one would stick around, or the other option is that in his final death, uh, he dreamt himself back to life. I'm just gonna go out and say it. I do not think a meaty hit-taken party is the way to go with him. I think the party who can tell him a good enough story and convince him or help him find whatever weird peace he's looking for in himself, because that is not normal behavior, and I don't think he's going to be a normal beholder because of it. I mean, normal and beholders uh... mm. Also, literally called aberrations. Yeah, yeah. yeah also, but still. To be fair, the, the, um, the meaty hit group Plus Saride. We're literally just there to escort Saride. Also, they're some of the biggest talkers. Or at least you got a couple of them. You, in exchange for Thosin, would probably be... Fable would probably be the other way to do that. But he's not leaving her side. And just like, Yes, because what we need to do is split up the healers during this event. But... Or not is keep the healers all together and send a group in without a healer. Yeah, but we're net. That's not happening. I know. (laughs) But but also, 
the same thing with with um, Clinky Clanky over there is the same problem with Treasure. That have you ever heard her try and walk? She's like she's like stilettos on on tire. It's wild. <laughs> <laughs> but I I I think that yeah, as long as they don't go in planning on fighting it, then then the meaty talky group is probably the best bet as it's formed now. The problem just lies in what we've known the problem's gonna lie in and how they get out afterwards. The extraction is always gonna be, was always going to be the most difficult and dicey part. Boulders don't fly terribly fast. If they could make it up one of the tunnels, one of his escape hatches, could prep one for them. Is there a way we can pre-trap it? as they are going towards Velxa, so that as they're running away, they trigger the trap behind them, collapse. It could. Just depends on how much time we have. And where everything's happening. If we're using the escape tunnels in and out of the Sanctum, we have to keep mm-hmm. Velxer out of the Sanctum. Mm-hmm. Same thing with the Central Chamber or the Treasury. The Treasury is going to be the hardest one to uh, detrap and then retrap. Mm-hmm. Probably have to give your talking louder individuals some form of distraction so that they can extricate themselves as well. Can any of you teleport or change planes or something like that? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I have some minor teleportation abilities. Myself. Sarai does, but she's in the group that needs the distraction. But I'm saying... Well, less of a distraction if they can teleport, right? She well, can teleport herself. I don't know if she can teleport anybody else. And I... I'm not really a magic guy, so I don't... I'm not really sure. Ethel. Yeah. What's the general range on his abilities? Any magic eye? 150 feet. Maybe 200. Long. That big eye. <clears throat> that big eye is pointed at you. Nothing. None of your stuff is working. So I say the talking group tries to maintain as much distance as humanly possible. Uh, if you're if you're in the chamber, if you're in the chamber, you need to be prepared. <clears throat> you're not gonna out distance 150 feet, not in his home. You'd have to get him out of it to be further than that. <clears throat> Excuse me, we- my smoker's voice is difficult to maintain. 
<laughs> We've been talking with Athel now for 20. Yeah. 20-ish minutes. Yeah. Since Talroth doesn't seem to be here now, I'm just gonna go unlock the door, peek my head out, check around, look and see if he's done with his errands. Do I see a stealthy elf man? Talroth? Do I, do I need to roll a check? If you're rolling if you're rolling perception, it's at disadvantage because of the cloak. Yeah, do I, I mean I don't know if you are still if you're still sticking around and stealthing, so, so, so that's up to you. So that was my that was my question. If you are Uh, I had I, shot you a message. I saw the message. Are you like behind it or are you immediately in front of it? Would have been just kind of in front of it. So when I see it open, I can sneak right in with a natural 20 on stealth. Okay. Um, I mean, you can, you can only sneak you, in so much as if there's a body there. You have to have something in between you and other people looking at you. Um, what I will say is this, um, Clever Stitch, make, make your perception check. At disadvantage, mm -hmm. I rolled two 19s. Okay. So a 21. Nice. I'm not very, I'm not very observant. You're not very observant. That's okay. So you, um, you open the door, you, you poke your, your head out, you sort of look over um, Tauroth's head. He is, he is Metal Gear Solid in crouching, right? Sure. Got the, he's got the MGS crouch going. Um, but as as you go to close the door, because you said you just cracked it, like you just went to put yeah, your, like I'm put literally your head. Yeah, like I'm literally just my head out. Yeah. So as you do that, you do notice him slipping in just like under, under and into you. Um, yeah, so just and your frame, um, even though this is exclusively a halfling ability, technically, to have a another creature block give you cover for or stealth, um, mm -hmm. because you rolled well, that is that is how you you make your way into the room. I just you Tower could off. have just had me open the okay, okay. Just back up slightly, close the door. There you go. So as the door closes, um, Apple isn't isn't looking in your direction. So. And as you come in, I will just begin to bring you into the conversation. Okay. That is the entire reason why I went up. Super subtle, like. <laughs> that, yeah, that's fine. Everybody else can be surprised that, that Talroth is there, but Clever Stitch kind of had to had to note it. Like, there's... I love the rules and stuff, but I can't do the... Um, yeah, he can't be... It's not the, an invisibility club. Like, right? That... The natural 20 hide in the spotlight check. Um, so, there we go. I Or even, even not, like, announcing that you're there. I will just... We're trying to figure out what, what we're doing. I'll walk back over to the group. After locking the door. Okay. Yeah, I think that the best the best solution for making sure that people can get out quickly is probably 
making sure that he can't follow afterwards. Um, Collapsing one of the tunnels from the of weighted net trap, perhaps. Something along those lines. A weighted net trap. I can run very fast. Um, I can fly very fast. Yeah, the, both of those things aren't magical, so those so our bead would help is a boon for that can't be negated by his magical magic canceling eyeball. Absolutely. Um, I'll, I'll turn to Stitch. Stitch, do you have any experience using those kinds of traps on targets before? Um, a little here and there. Um, I my expertise was not necessarily in those sort of traps because you don't use those sort of traps on people. Um, but it's kind of in everybody's everybody's bag. Um, so I mean, meh. Not the best at setting them up, but triggering a trap that you know is there is relatively simple. Um, <clears throat> if nothing else, I think between Sorok, myself, and Talroth, we can figure out how to set up a trap. So, what do you think of the practicality of creating a weighted weighted net mm-hmm. right handing that off to putting it in the bag of holding handing it off to Sorak Sorak you fly above him and as you're above him you pull it out of the bag and drop it I mean it could work I mean, if I'm flying around, he's in his. If I'm flying around in his own uh, space, there's probably a good chance he's going to see me. Of course, which is essentially why this would be. Again, this is another, another backup plan. All right. Case, this is this is in case we need immediate extraction. I will say there's a good chance, like, I think all of us can pretty much outrun him. No, we can. It's just, I don't know if we can outrun <gasps> the Sorry. distance of his eye beams. My thought is if, if those of us, and Talroth is pretty quick on his feet too, but if those of us who are a bit quicker without the reliance of magic are able to so we have two groups group this one is talking to the beholder group this one is sneaking around group this one needs to leave group this one comes in distracts the beholder runs around a little bit while this one flees then this one goes and triggers trap then we all leave I mean, that sounds good in theory. That's a lot of synchronizing a piece of technology that doesn't technically exist. Um, 
Would we be able to get our hand on some sending stones to be able to have one group just be like, it's time to fucking go! Like, just anything like that? That's my only concern, is the timing. Yeah. Um, that is a worthwhile investment. I think so. Especially... Like, specifically for something like this, I think I would spend all of my money... I don't have that much, but I'd spend all of my money to try to get us something as a group that we're able to use in situations like this. Because I have a feeling it's going to keep happening. Yeah, we've already had to split up a couple of exactly. times. Exactly. Uh, so I just thought it would be a good idea to try to find some. And perhaps our friend here has um, some connections that could get us one for um, less than legally or cheaper. I wouldn't say cheaper, but I could find them. Very much appreciated. Uh, what other thoughts do we have on extractions? The only other thing I could think of is possibly the acquisition of a teleport scroll. As long as we're not being looked at. Right? Yeah. Alternatively, if a fight needs to happen, we could teleport into them and suddenly overwhelm him with force. Like once we have the sword. This is true. I mean, groups of adventurers used to go in there and kill him, right? There was It was a rite of passage, so... But it got harder. When he started having a family, I'm guessing he's got some minions that are him that fight like him. And probably he can do more damage than he used to be able to. Yeah. I'm guessing if there are clones rolling around, and he's figured out a way to dream himself extras, then they're going to be there to fight. That's one, going to be our biggest problem. One thing that Affle said was that when he awoke, his clones disappeared. Correct. But that so, was a long time ago. I think it's he's he may have found a way to make them stable. No, whenever Affle went. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah. when did he go? It was recently, or it was a while back. It was about five years ago. Yeah, exactly. I oh. think in that amount in that amount of time, he has found a way. I think to keep them around. I think that's I mean, cool. Could... I know he wants to do that. Whether or not he's made it all the way, chances are pretty solid that if he's been trying this for five years, he's at least mastered giving us ghost simulacrums of them. They may last for a longer time than uh, the dreams do. They may be just shadows who can only do one or two things. But I think we have to abandon the possibility. We have to abandon the idea that it's just going to be you and the beholder. It's probably going to be you and about five beholders. Or one and a lot of tiny ones. That's that's my bigger concern. So you may not have a chance to use something magical if there's four or five different shadows that can be looking at you and anti-magic in you. So either running, traps, or having the extraction group have the possibility to jump in with you and just start hacking at things while we all panic run. At this point in time, we have about five separate plans in terms of backups and backups and backups. And that's good, because it means when plan A fails, you you already know to jump to plan B. Like, that's how that works. That's how heist planning goes. <laughs> yeah, so uh, 
Baffle. Yeah. Well, so what is the practicality of us getting our hands on a teleport scroll? You got the coin. You got the time. I can find it. I don't think we have the coin. We have... Matthew speaking. We are... If the loot sheet is still up to date. I believe it is. We have around... 2,500 gold. No, sorry. I'm a liar. 3,400-ish. Which is not bad. But if we're talking about trying to get sending stones and trying to get a teleport scroll, and teleport's a really high-level spell, yeah. then I don't, know, I don't know if we have the cash for that. We can always have a look and see what he can find. But... We don't have, like, tens of thousands of gold to spend. Sending stones are going to run you guys between 600 and 1,000. Teleport scroll is is probably out of your price range. Also, keep in mind, we may want to invest in steel armor because he mentioned anything other than steel gets shot all to hell during the climb. And so in case there's a possibility of damaging armor, we may want to upgrade armor for people beforehand. Some people can't wear. No, no, I know. Not everyone can. Not everyone can, but for people who can and might get hit, I think that's a worthy party upgrade to try to protect people. Or at least buying and bringing some backup. Yeah, yeah, I mean, pretty much yeah. everyone also that everyone that wears armor is wearing pretty much steel in some way, shape, or form. Like, I have steel chain, chain out. Well, it's for the people that are wearing leather. Oh, yeah. And studded leather. Yep. Yeah. Most of us can, and then they can't wear. Yep. The metal armor um, people are okay. It's the people that have to wear light armor that are in danger. On the climb? Because I thought it was only when you're trying to enter, like... It's on the climb. Okay. So, So, like, technically, I mean, I'm not just trying to worry about myself here, but on that climb, I should be safe because I can just fly over most of the stuff, right? Heavy winds might knock you into them. Okay, but let's pretend there won't be heavy winds. Then I can just fly. Well, if there's no heavy winds, then you're... Yeah, you're perfect. You can you can just fly. Oh, beautiful. At least we don't have to worry about a contingency plan for that. <laughs> no, no way on, on Earth that'll go wrong. No. So, it's the uh, power of positive thinking. Yeah. So, what, so I know that we have... Currently, we have about five beds, but... Having five plans doesn't really matter if you don't have them as plans what to do for five minutes. So you just have them as plans group. So, so what is our first plan? Let's Primary. do this. Let's take a 10 minute break. It is 9.30. Okay. Uh, 9.32. We're going to come back at 9.45. So thanks for hanging out with us, guys. We're going to take a short break. We will be back in just a minute. But until then... Stay tuned. Good evening, everyone, and welcome back. We are Random Encounter Productions. I'm Cody Stone. With me tonight, we have... Matthew. I'm playing Clever Stitch, the Tabaxi Arcane Archer. Caitlin, I'm playing Fable Frost, the Ace Genasi Phoenix Soul Sorcerer. 
I am Cole, and I am playing uh, Olorun Dawnseeker, the ASMR Hexblade Warlock Paladin. Hi, I'm Eric, and I'm playing Serac, the Arakakra Horizon Walker Ranger. Howdy, y'all. This is Boz. I'm playing Talroth Oakenblade, the Wood Elf Scout. Okay. Uh, you guys are in an antique shop, Arentum Antiques, and you are hanging out with uh, Affel. Affel the Awful. Awful Affel. Where, where is Abayam Antiques? Because I don't like to rent my antiques. No, you gotta rent them. Boo, you stink! <laughs> Can I just leave? No, you're fine. <laughs> Alright, um... You guys have been making plans for your assault on Velxer's teeth. Um, what would you like to do? You were, were talking about you were going to actually decide which plans went in what order because you had developed many plans. Uh, well, that's no. no, but that's okay. Um, so, plan number one. Number one. Big beefy people in front. Get attention. You guys sneak in, liberate the item in question, uh, and then we run back to Spain like there's no manana. Um, back to Spain. That's your plan. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's just the general gist of the the first plan. Ideally, if we can talk and get everything taken care of. However, there is one also, there's one major part that we are leaving out of this plan. And that is the procurement of that black iron key. Which throws a proverbial wrench into everything. Um, who, who wanted this key? Was it you, Awful? It is me. And... And it goes to just treasure, right? Like treasures untold? Something like that. And you said it's behind his eye? Yeah. Is that like literal? Those are wears things on his eye stalks, rings, keychains. He likes to jingle likes to adorn himself. And you when I was younger, I had a bit of destiny. Old gypsy woman. Wanderer through the Great Plains. Told me what I sought. I was locked behind a door. Acquired a key of black iron. The key sat behind the eyes of a mad beholder. I've seen Velxer. Truth is, I'm not sure whether he's wearing the key or if it's actually behind, like in one of those stalks. Or, hear me out here. This is like a beauty is in the eye of the beholder type deal. And it's behind your eyes because it's in your past. Or... <laughs> I don't know if, I don't know if, um, 
if uh, Affle is one for, you know, <laughs> elaborate metaphors. He, he, I mean, he remains the, a... What is the fortune that's being told by a crazy gypsy woman, if not just an elaborate metaphor? Am I right? He, he just remains as stone-faced as, as ever. Of course. So, this is where I believe we revisit the weighted net plan. Which does offer us an opportunity to liberate said item. Alternative thought. Calroth is very skilled at procuring things off of people. He is. And we know that this beholder likes to sleep and likes to dream, presumably, but likes to sleep mostly. What if we catch the beholder as he's sleeping and hope that Talroth can sneak past any mini beholders that might have been dreamt up, and he yoinks it off of the sleeping body? I certainly believe that he is capable to do something of that nature. However, I will not say that he will do it without speaking to the man in question. Have you gotten eyes on that key before? Holy balls, where did you come from? From the door. Okay. Um, The key has many on him. There's one specific one we're looking for. Key. Is it easy? Is it easy to spot, or is it kind of a guessing game on which key it is? The key is etched in the ruins. That read. Key Irkela Morte. We know someone who deals with keys of death. Is the path to a brilliant death. We need to talk to our necromancer friend. So, it should be etched on it in these languages. He, he um, rifles through some of the papers that he has there. There is an etching of the of a key. The shape. Don't pay attention to that. That's just. Uh, I guess. But the ruins. The ruins on this design. That's what we're looking for. It wears about six keys. Grouped up in rings of two. Because it's going to take some looking, my thoughts and Talroth, obviously, your your thoughts would be much helpful, but my thoughts are either talking group takes note 
as they're talking and tries to figure out which one it is, or Sleeping Beholder. Otherwise, I don't really know if we can just, like, run and snatch. Other thoughts? I think they'll have to do some reconnaissance on it. If they're as good talkers as you suggest, maybe they can talk him out of it. I don't know. How hard set are you on us getting this key first try? Like, if if they're not able to do it, but they figure out which key it is, and then we send in another stealth team to go yoink it. That'd be acceptable, or will you turn us into the beholder? If that doesn't, if we don't get it immediately. There's a good question. What is the timeline on this procurement? He spends a few minutes really looking you guys over. Um... Make, make a persuasion check, ever stitch. Um, I aid him. Yeah. I'll give you advantage. All right. Well, my persuasion isn't negative, at least. Then. A fourteen. I'm a very cute cat. You can't say no to a cat. He looks you over. (laughs) I begin making biscuits. (laughs) Um, What are your making? Everybody can make an insight check if you if you'd like in this moment. One roll tonight. First roll of the night. Mm -hmm. Modified twenty. Whatever. Eighteen. Nice. Three. Eleven. Eight. Eight. Okay. Um, three, eight. You guys don't really... You get the... Um, Affle's hard to read, and he's a little standoffish. That That's kind of where you guys are at, to be honest. Um, Eleven. You... Hmm. You get the idea that the key's important to him. Um, so, with you guys up in the 18, 21, 20 range, that range. Um, he he absolutely will sell you out if if he'll get if it'll get him the key. Without, um, but it hasn't gotten him the key yet. So he knows he has to. Trust you guys enough, um, but he is worried that um, and, he, and he sort of says it. Um, timeline is before you leave those mountains. Doesn't have to be the same trip. 
Did you make it back here to Slodin Saravik? As far as I know, you're... And then... Well... Then I have to do things that aren't very nice. Glidden's honor. Uh, <laughs> um... Uh, so... I'll turn to Talroth, and I'll look at him, and I'll say, "Talroth, what's the uh, what's the likelihood of us running a successful pickpocket if we keep him busy?" Now, are we trying to get that key before or after we get the sword, because <laughs> I mean. It's seeming like we're going after at least three different things here while trying to keep the Beholder distracted. This is getting to be a little hairy, even for me. So, in terms of the gems, that's Athel's business. Right. Although, I am kind of curious where those are going to be so we know where Athel would be while all this is happening in case shit goes down. Are the gems and the sword in the same room? They're in the treasury. So we're, so we're all going to the same place. You get your stuff. We get all the rune sword. I need three and a half minutes to get the gems. I think one of the big questions I have with all this talk about traps and sneaking in the moment something gets picked up, is Velxa going to know? Depends on what gets picked up. Why I need three That's minutes what I was... on the gems. That head does have alarms on it. I can make my way past them next time. But you all should be buying plenty of that. The sword... He tosses that around too much. No alarm on the sword. And the key, well, he's on him. So. I mean, if... If this guy's asleep, might not be too bad to try to get the key off him, but with that many eyes, that's still going to be a risk. I mean, it's it's try and take the key off of him while he's asleep, while he's awake, or while he's dead. Those are the only three states of being that he's that he can be in. Possibly, Saride can convince him to give her the key. There's always that possibility, what that woman can do beyond me. But, <clears throat> I think, un unfortunately, as much as I would like to make it two trips, if we go in, steal gems that have an alarm on them, and steal a shiny sword, and then try and come in a second time 
to steal a key that's on his body, I don't think that will be successful. Just like if we go in and steal a key off of his body, then try and come in a second time to steal gems that have an alarm and a shiny sword. It does feel like an all-or-nothing sort of smash and grab. Which just begs the question of what order we do these in. Do we try and steal the keys we're running out? Do we jump in, doink, as we run? Or... Because trying to get the gems is... That's the thing that's well, really getting me awful. Also, if you're planning on... The gems hmm. aren't a problem. No alarm will go off. I'll get it set. I just need three minutes. All right. Well, we gotta trust you can do your job then, and so, therefore... Three minutes of me not being shot at. We've done worse. We've done more. Yeah. So, to to reassure you guys as as players, um, any, any length of conversation that will be long enough will be long enough. Yeah. Or, yeah. Know, any bit of Saride talking to to Velxer is going to be enough for Affle to to get those gems. That's and and there, he's not going to set off the alarm uh, unless you try to screw him. That's that's the. That's been the implied threat the whole time, mm-hmm. right? Um, so, but does mean he is not going to be next by your side for a stretch of time, unless you guys stand there with him, which you can do. So if we if we do the weighted net. The problem is he can still eyeball us as we try and steal if we try and steal the key with the weighted net. So I think we either convince him, we steal it while he's asleep, or we kill him. What order do we want to rank those three possibilities in preference of how we go about it? Think, plans one, two, and three. I think plan one is, of course, trying to steal everything without everyone noticing. I think right? you can. So, plan two, I think, is weighted net. And I think plan three, if all goes to hell, is try and kill him. Weighted net helps with the escape. Won't help with getting the key. I think talking him out of it is the best way to try to get the key. If not that, you don't want him to be asleep. You take one beholder and you make it into three, four, five. That's, that just multiplies our troubles. I think talk him out of it, 
or smash and grab it. All right. Let me rephrase. I think talk him out of it. If that doesn't work, then just smash it, grab it, and run. All right. So you know, as that as that sneaking team is leaving, they can set off some form of distraction. Something that would draw his attention. Something loud. Like a um, jam alarm? Perhaps. Absolutely. That could work. And as he, went to check that, as he went to check that out, people that were talking with him can exit through a different, a different portal, porthole. Do we have, uh, don't we have like a, a wand of like fireworks or something like that? A wand of pyrotechnics? We have a wand of smiles. Please don't make a beholder smile. That's creepy. Make the beholder smile. Make the beholder smile. Uh, never make the beholder smile. Uh, it does not. We have a chime of opening. That's it. We're, but I have on? loud spells like thunder wave. Like I have loud spells. Mm-hmm. What were you gonna ask, Tara? Uh, yeah. Uh, these traps have been talked about. Are they mechanical or magical? Mostly mechanical. Vilxer's not terribly skilled with magic that exists beyond his own dreaming or eye stalk capability. It should be pretty hard to do magic with his anti-magic eyeball. This is only oh. form of sight. Well, he's got ten others, but the, the main one. So since they're mechanical, you should be able to undo them all, right, Tauroff? How many traps are we talking? Other than the vault, <clears throat> that one has a lot. Probably six. On that descent. The others... Main defense of the others is that uh, rocky, jagged stones. He doesn't expect anything is willing to make that climb. And it's a shitty climb. So, the other entrances have two traps. One trap for things that are trying to fly down, and one trap at the other end for things that are trying to fly up. Traps that he can block off with his telekinetic eye. So, relatively simple. They have switches and things. It's just getting past the first one. You're talking mostly spiked grates, irises, bladed irises, things like that. Like climbing up and down a chimney. Uh, 
relatively simple. It's not, not the worst. Yeah, not the worst, but trying to make sure we can set him back up to tr- to trigger them when he walks by or floats by or whatever. That's going to be the the catch. My thought, assuming right. we get him to follow us. That's going to take another. That's going to take an effort, right? That's going to take some time of one of us or one of my associates being in that tunnel, reworking that trap, or does we it put have- our own trap into there. I was about to say, does it have to be? the same style of trap because if we're just rewiring them for him he'll be able to figure out how to undo them we should undo them for ourselves and then reuse his own components against him and make them things we can use quickly right be able to make quick trip wires and invisible wires and and nets and false and fail safes and things like that that are rapid i mean i know how to tie really good knots because of network or we just could... things that are strong enough to collapse oh, yeah. the tunnels yeah that's that's what I was thinking. We have at towards towards the beginning of the tunnel closest to him, we have something that can collapse the tunnel. And further down the escape route is where we set up the tripwire so that as we're leaving, the explosives or whatever they are here, we run past, run past, run past, trip the wire, it explodes, the holder gets trapped. Yeah. If we're setting up a trap. We don't even have to set up a trap to run. Yeah. But if we decide that that's the way that we want to do it, that's kind of my thought process as far as creating a trap. For clarity, tunnel. Ooh. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. Chimney. Because mm-hmm. he, he's large. It's a big ball, right? And yeah. it can literally just float up. Yep. So I wanted, I wanted that to be clear. Depending on how long you're in there, I can reset some traps. If you guys buy enough explosives or have magic scrolls or whatever, I can set those as well. Just depends on which room we need them in. If the statue's the alarm that's going to distract him from your talking team, I'll be in that room anyway. And it makes sense because then we wouldn't have to sync up. We wouldn't have to buy the, the, the stones because if we can just, you can set off those alarms as soon as you're done, we'll be able to hear it. They'll know that's their cue to get the fuck out of Dodge and we can come running ourselves. That should give everyone enough time to get everything done that they need. It's a loud enough clue um, that we should be able to hear it. And if something goes wrong, we've and we give everyone a certain amount of time to get out past those sounds, then we'll know if it's three minutes past five, whatever we think we need, we'll know here's where we regroup to go rescue whoever got left inside. All right. Yeah. If someone got pinched getting out, we got to go back for them. <laughs> <laughs> if we can afford it, I think we should still buy the stones because if the group that's talking is trying to convince him to take, to give them the key, then we need to know when they are done. 
past just when we're done. So that we don't set off the alarm pre-key acquisition. Um, but that's just if we can afford it. If we can't, then the beholder comes at us and we snatch the key as we run away. Plan B style. Slice off an eye stalk and run! Yeah, yeah. Or we could threaten to break his dreaming mirrors and take your family away if you don't give us the thing. Listen, I'm in love with that, but, like, I'll break it in the game because I know he's evil, but, like, Caitlin wants him to just have a happy family. But... Roll me, uh, somebody roll me 2d6. I can. Oh, you got it? Okay. Two fours. So it's going to be 800 gold for the talking, for the speaking stones. Each of them? No, to the set. That's not bad. No, that's not bad at all. Do we want to just go ahead and buy those? Yes. That's a worthwhile investment for the party anyway, I feel like. Yeah. Okay. 800 gold marked off. Okay. What else do you need Apple to find for you? Any upper level um, or up to, like, some spell scrolls, please. Uh, any that would be helpful buffs that I could cast on the party before of talkers before they go in, so Sarai doesn't have to waste her spell slots. Um, it's not going to matter. Work. Oh, it wouldn't stay in effect yeah. when he was looking. Then never mind. Then things I could use on us. Uh, and or <laughs> Having him buy whatever, whatever sort of trap we want to get, he can probably get it for cheaper slash quicker than we can. Yeah. Quicker. He can get it quicker. He he it's um cheaper he may not be able to. As long as it's the same price. As long as he's not giving us a markup. I mean there's some, there's a markup for he he's not making money off of it. There's a markup yeah. for the expediency is is what it is. It's yeah. not that he's like you know, price gouging you on <laughs> on things. Um Checked with um, checked with my contacts. I've got some scrolls. Most of them aren't useful in this particular instance, but there's some things that might might help. They might be a little expensive, though. Um, Uncommon spell scrolls that are probably useful mm-hmm. on the list. Um, I'm not sure about the wording of enthrall. If it's only humanoids, it's not useful. Otherwise, it might be useful. I'll check. Okay. How much is it? Uh, that one is going to be around 300. The other uncommon or common ones, Cloud of Daggers um, would create a decent wall to keep things from chasing you. Okay. Um, I don't think Disguise Self is going to help you guys. I don't think Armor of Agathis is really going to help you. It's worth paying money for, right? So, uh, Arcane Lock 
Yes. Uh, so, wording of enthrall. Mm -hmm. You weave a distracting string of words, causing creatures of your choice that you can see within range and that can mm -hmm. hear you to make a wisdom saving throw. Any creature that can't be charmed succeeds on the saving throw. Okay. So, so it's creatures. Mm -hmm. So that, that would affect it. It, if it doesn't Although, save. As soon as it yeah, as soon as it looks mm -hmm. with its anti magic eye, it's negated. But, right. But at least it gives at least it gives until then. Yeah. Well it's it's not negated, is it? Because it's yeah. uh it's not concentration or anything. Yeah. Uh, Any, and so anti you want to read anti magic field. That is what his eye does. So if you guys wanna know how how much of a pain in the ass the eye is? There it is. And the, the to, for a TLDR, it's a big pain in the ass. Yeah. <laughs> if if it is magic, it stops working. That's pretty much it. Okay, I didn't know if if it was an effect that was on him, mm -hmm. it would stop working. Any active spell or magical effect on a creature or an object in the cone is suppressed while the creature or object is in it? So, he is not in his own cone. Correct. Um, so, yeah. He would, once he's like charmed or enthralled, he, he doesn't, um, unless he looks in a mirror. If he looks in a mirror, then... I actually don't think that it works that way. I think it's just I, like a... I doubt it, but... I don't know. But a rule of cool. Yeah. Um, <laughs> He's just got an entirely mirrored <laughs> interior of his lair. <laughs> well, you know, he does have some mirrors because that's how he dreams other people to be. Other spells that are a little more reliable in their usefulness. Wall of Stone... Because um, the wall is not magical, it is a Correct. physical shape of stone. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, also a stone shape scroll. Those are both rare. Um, one of each. Other than that... I feel like stone shape would be able to help us, I don't know, uh, get through a tunnel wall, right? It could. Um, it, he could also disintegrate it, but it could. That's true, but if we're trying to... Um, get out faster, not necessarily collapse through him, if we just wanted to drop or, like, burrow through something small enough that, like, he would, it would take him a while to get through. Like, he could theoretically disintegrate his way through anything we collapse. Mm -hmm. But that's still gonna take some, still gonna slow him down. It is. It is. Absolutely. So how fast does stone shape work? It's instantaneous. It's instant, just making sure it wasn't like a, I had yeah. to sit there for a minute. Like Stone, stone oh. shape, I believe, is an action to cast and an instantaneous duration. Like it that just might happens. Be worth it. Yeah, that might be worth that might be worth grabbing. The stone that you uh, change can be no larger than five feet in any dimension. So that would be for cutting through an existing wall. Yeah, because can, we'd be able to squeeze through and can, and cut that. Yeah, but yeah, he wouldn't. Or go through a small passage mm -hmm. through a wall as long as the wall is less than five feet thick. Yeah. So the, but so that, he so, wouldn't be able to follow us, but... Well, the, the tunnel's going to be bigger than five feet yeah. because okay. he's, he's wider than five feet. That's true. Yeah, he is. No, I was mostly thinking if we had to go f f through a wall to, like, a different next-door tunnel. Yeah, 
without him being able to follow us easily. Like looking at like a layer map, if there was a way, if there were two tunnels that were parallel and we could cut through the wall between them and then run down a different tunnel, um, that might be that might be worth it. But like, I don't know that there's a place like that that exists and it might just be a waste of a spell slot. So yeah. we don't have to worry about it. But I was thinking if he knew of a place where there were two parallel tunnels. They're not. But no, then so, never mind. Um, How much is Wall of Stone? Wall of Stone is... Um... Wall of Stone's 2,000 gold pieces. That's on the cheap side. Oof. Oof. <laughs> yeah. The other thing... Well, no, damn it. And there's a Dimension Door say... scroll. Huh. Again, 2,000. Because with Arcane Lock, if we closed one of the, like, Blade Irises, mm-hmm. we could theoretically lock it. Yeah. But if he looks at it, then it's unlocked. It's still closed, but it's unlocked. So locking it doesn't necessarily do a whole lot. So I think those spells are out of our price range. Okay. For the moment. Yeah, I think so. Good, all good thoughts, but yeah, him being able to just disintegrate, unless that is the eye stock we managed to cut off, which, by the way, I'd like to say right now to whatever group is going in and possibly fighting him, if that, if you have a choice of one eye stock to target, maybe that one so he has a harder time chasing us. Like, maybe oh. the fucking disintegrate, Ray. Oh. <laughs> you don't know. No. You'll be able to tell when he starts shooting at it, people. I'm saying if it comes down to it, he starts attacking and y'all start fighting, you'll goddamn know. Like, that one. (laughs) So, just... (laughs) So, for a keg of explosive powder, it's, uh... gonna be 400 gold pieces. Expensive. That's a 20-pound keg. Can thousand... Good lord! That's kind of what you're gonna need to... Yep. Oh, yeah. To collapse a big-ass tunnel. Yeah, that's fair. And I was going to ask if, but we're not at the university, so never mind. Thosin has no ties here. Mm-hmm. Um, I was going to say, can we, like, raid the forge? But it's not our forge. Um, but is there a possibility that Thosin knows, like, more, um, like, more flammable things that are cheaper that he could maybe help with as, like, a blacksmith that he would know that Awful doesn't? I mean, the alchemist fire is cheap. It'll burn things, but it's not, but not going stone. to... It's not going to erupt rubble. I'm sorry. I'm just trying to find ways to... Yeah. I'm good. I mean, 400 gold is within our price range. Yeah. It's it's expensive, but it's absolutely doable from a price standpoint. It's just a question of, is that officially the plan that we want to go with while we're running? We explode a tunnel behind us and hope that that stalls him long enough that we get out. From what I understood, 
you're exploding the tunnel I'm going through. Although, when, when the speaking group will be with you. Will they? If the sword is in the treasury. Sword is, is in the armory. Uh, ah. Then I hope you make it out alive. So <laughs> do I. Casually, so we good? You good? <laughs> How's he handle spice? Like the food? No, the drug. Are you gonna I'm pepper sorry. spray? Are you gonna pepper spray his eyes, please? I've I've never seen him eat. I mean, it might be a bit of a little kid thing, but maybe get a few pounds of some black pepper, sand, salt, something mixed up. Maybe just toss it in his eyes. Probably a little cheaper. It's not magical. Just Ear gas! <laughs> Mustard sure. gas! Tear gas him! That's fucking brilliant! Yeah. Can you put that in the ever-smoking bottle? Oh. My god. It's pebble water! War crime. <laughs> You're asking us to commit a war crime against the beholder. He is a walking war crime. Here's my question. Here's my question for Talroth in character, Um, because you bloody brilliant bastard. Um, How good your aim? Would you be able to throw something like that and get it in his eyes from a distance? Well, that's the thing. I ain't going to invest in no plan like that unless I know something might work. That's fair. I, I want to blind the beholder DM, so can badly. I make, can I make a whatever check necessary to sp- try and figure out whether or not that could possibly like if we can if if we can essentially just jack up a beholder's eyes? That's the master plan right there, y'all. Okay. Um, yeah. Roll. You can roll medicine. You can roll nature. Or you can roll. I'm gonna go with those or Arcana. I'll give you Arcana, Medicine, Nature, or Arcana. They're all the same, so here it is. Okay. Okay, not terrible. A sixteen. Okay. A sixteen. So, beholders have no natural um, prevention from, um, let me rephrase, there's nothing that magically prevents a beholder from uh, not caring about sand in its eye, Uh, which you do know is that like because it shares features with aquatic and amphibious things um it has sort of a thicker membrane around its eyes so its main eye is bigger it does get irritated it will cause it to blink right so while it's blinking i would say like 
it would be around on, around off, around on, around off, potentially. Um, be the difference between us you, killing it. You would have to hit all other ten eyes for it to be plus the bane one for it to be blind, right? So, so blinding it is extremely difficult through natural means. Now, so what, new question then. Hold on. What I will tell you is that it does not have any special ability to see through things. So you can obscure your your escape with the smoke from the ever smoking bottle. I don't believe the smoke is magical. But the bottle itself is magical. If he saw the bottle, it would it would be like you corked it. Do we have an ever smoking bottle? You do. We do. Oh. What was what was gonna be your question? If we could find a way to procure gas masks and goggles. I know we've had breathing masks in the past, because if they can just fucking have a pull pin in case of emergency poisoned gas, like Talos was talking about that they can just fill the goddamn room with, but they're fine. That might be your good escape plan is just like blinding gas run. So the smoking bottle can blind people, but it doesn't suffocate people. And but if they put pepper in, I didn't want our our team to get that's not the way that's not the way that works. Yeah. You you can't put additives into an ever smoking bottle and have it have it be effective more than like you know like right there. I think we we may have just I think we may have just found our It is, but I have to I can't allow the that ever smoking bottle which you can just leave somewhere to become like a an eternal mustard gas bottle, right? Like that's (laughs) that's something very different. Like I I can't that's the war cry. Exactly. I can't like I can't do that. The ever smoking bottle yeah. is strong enough to obscure vision of people. Yeah, that's fine. I'm gonna double check to see if the smoke is magic, um, as per the wording on it. But that that would be the only thing that would prevent it from being a deterrent. But I th- I think we may have just figured out our way to a escape. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Talroth. And possibly even get the key. If you can maneuver your way through that smoke, if you can get close enough. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Can we get just him some goggles that see through it? Just Talroth? Yeah, that would be the problem is. That's know, too expensive. No, they, they just yeah. don't exist. You, okay, just making sure. Good. Let me rephrase. You would need x-ray glasses. Got it, got it. And those are... Magic and and expensive. I'm guessing. Probably. I don't. So, yeah. So the first order of business is so first plan. Talkie talkie. Have him hand over the key. You guys go on with the heist. Everyone whoa, 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 disappears. Right. Plan two is now. Uh, talkie talkie. Everything goes poorly. Uh, shoot it in the eye. Make it blink a lot. Drop the ever-smoking bottle. Then we run. How does... 
I, I, my suggestion with the ever smoking bottle is hold it in your hand as you're running so that you don't lose the bottle forever as long as the smoke is <coughs> magical. Because if he can't see you because there's smoke behind you, theoretically it won't cancel out bottle. Yeah, it may take a moment yes. to catch up with you. Yeah, but yes. All right, and then plan three, we kill it. Plan right. three, we kill it. Like, a, a last, last plan, we murder it. We take its, take its keys, take all it's worth, bring home thousands and thousands of gold worth of treasure. I do also have... I do also have another question uh, in terms of what's the practicality of um, what's the practicality of Thosin being able to make let's say a glass arrowhead filled with some very irritating uh, irritating components yes um, he has that make stuff ability, so potentially. He's also pro now proficient in jeweler's uh, tools. He's not really proficient in glass blowing, uh, so I uh, give him. You don't. You don't even have to have it be like a glass thing. You can literally just put a sack, as long as it's not too, too, too heavy. Put a, a little cloth ball with the stuff in it. And then as long as you can, as long as you can, like, base your aim off of the weight of the new arrowhead, if it hits it, it'll puff, at least. Yeah. And irritate at least a little bit. Also, if we're talking about backup plans for the trapping of the hallway, this is going to get, and again, it's a question for Talroth, um, because you were mentioning taking apart traps and then we were talking about rebuilding them with components that are there can we make one of those traps a smoke bomb trap specifically have you worked with it like can you meant you i know you said you if you you wouldn't say it if you didn't know you had the skills can we make some some smoke bombs sort of to to uh to drop on him in those falling traps i mean i'm more for taking traps apart not putting traps together but near as I can tell, I mean, if you're trying to change a trap out, you kind of have to put something similar in there. Because if the trap ain't set for gas, you're essentially rebuilding a brand new trap. That's going to take That's fair. time. That's fair. All right. Awful, are you able to remotely set off the alarm? Like, is it a, is it a touch alarm? Yeah, it's it would be a it's a pressure based alarm. So I'd have to be how, in the room at the very least. How quickly do you think it'll you can touch it, trigger it, go up tunnel? I mean, I'd probably set it so I could shoot it. Uh, from the tunnel entrance that mm -hmm. I could do but I can't remotely I can't do that's 
Yeah, I, I mean, I still have to have I, line I just of sight. To make on. sure you didn't have to touch it. No line of sight. Do we want to give him the ever smoking bottle? If you're if you're buying me the explosive powder, I have my my job. I mean, I'm okay dropping four hundred gold on this. If if that's what it's gonna take, if it's pay four hundred gold to get Olaroon his sword, that's more than worth it to me. What do you all think? All right, Great. have some explosive powder. Just what I always wanted. Merry <laughs> Christmas. Will you take that instead of that key? <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't say that. I don't really say that. <laughs> I was just thinking that in my head. I don't say it. I just think it awfully loud. Say it, you coward! I speak it aloud with my mouth. <laughs> well, now, be, now I feel like we have something even more resembling a plan. So, one of your team goes in the front, talks your way to talking to Velter. While the other team sneaks in with Affle. Affle is going to stay in the treasury, work on getting his own gems, and setting the explosive trap for that tunnel. When the talking team has given him the signal, he is to set off the alarm in the armory. Excuse me. Treasury. Thank you. Mm -hmm. And escape up the tunnel. Collapsing it behind him. Yes. At which point, those who had been talking and those who had been sneaking will attempt to exit through separate through another tunnel, through separate tunnels. Mm -hmm. Okay. Sounds good. So, question. Yes. Sorry. Who should have the ever smoking bottle? Should it be us or should it be talking? Okay. Because theoretically, right, like, if the sneaking group sneaks well, he won't ever know what tunnel we're in. Yeah. Because the alarm will be coming from a separate tunnel, the talking group will be in a separate tunnel. The alarm is the equivalent of... In and out. Yeah, the, the alarm, it feels like, is the equivalent of throwing a rock down a, down a bonus tunnel. He may not even know the stealthy group is ever there. Exactly. Like, he is going to be looking to chase just you guys, and we can make loud. If the, just the alarms is not enough, I like I said, I have loud-ass spells. We have smoke. We have smoke and mirrors are a big, big fan of illusions to help us get out that are not magic-based. Like, we can use mirrors. We can use traps. We can use noise. We can use, like, things like that If for if he's not looking at eyestalk-wise. And yeah, yeah, he may never know that half of us are even there. Can, can just in case, and this is like so going overboard because I don't think we'll need it, but can, how much is a weighted net? Um, so. For the stealth group. Right. Because if we're, if, if the tunnels are vertical anyway, mm -hmm, right, mm -hmm. we can have one with us. Mm -hmm. And if he somehow follows us and somehow finds us, we drop the weighted net underneath whoever is at the bottom of this group that's leaving, mm -hmm. and hopefully it slows him down. 
right? Like it's not it's not gonna be anything crazy. So, but if it's like fifty gold, a net, uh, a regular net is like a weapon net costs one gold. Yep. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna say that to what you need to do, um, make uh, make me an intelligence check. I'll give you advantage. That's a D12. What the fuck am I doing? <laughs> that that will not help you. Uh, 15? 15. Okay. Um, speaking with Apple for a few minutes, you're able to deduce the um, relative strength of of an average beholder is about mm-hmm. a 10. So, your net needs to be 155 pounds uh, okay. in order to slow him down. 150 is his encumbrance flatline, right? So it needs to be 155 pounds. A regular net is three pounds. Um, so I'm going to say probably, yeah, 50 gold, 51 gold to make a specialty right. net that is extra thick and heavy and weighted extra and. Cheap. Yeah. I'm going to make the executive decision to buy a weighted net. Okay. So the sneaky group has something Mm -hmm. that isn't too expensive. Yeah. Isn't too crazy to be able to help us get out. Okay. Listen, this may be the most plan-like plan we've ever planned, and I'm very proud of us. <laughs> I, I just, I just have to say it. Everyone's got their job to do. Everyone has knows kind of where they're going and what they're doing, and we've all got backups on backups on backups. I'm so proud. There you go. All right, guys. Well. I think we've had a great night uh, planning the adventure. I, I hope it was interesting for those people at home. I'm sorry that we didn't get into the action tonight, but um, but planning is everything, uh, especially when my guys are, are going into some, some dangerous territory. So over the next two weeks, we're going to split the teams up. Uh, four of them are going to do the talking and dealing directly with Velxer, and the other team is going to do the sneaking in uh stay tuned to the social medias we'll let you know which team is happening when um over the next two weeks uh thank you for hanging out with us thank you for joining us if you guys like what we do check us out uh on patreon got some other things that go on over there and we're we should be i've been working on some new shows um hopefully someday they'll come out and i'll have them to talk to people but we do some other stuff throughout the week. So we are going to see you guys next time. But until then, be cool.